Is this, am, am I good for sound? Great stuff. Thank you. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we, we worship you. We have begun to um, engage this morning with how wonderful you are. And we bring our hearts to you this morning. We ask that you open our hearts that we would be attentive to your word, would be attentive to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's great to be back here. We've been a few times, actually, to Christchurch, so you might recognize my wife and I. Um, we were here maybe four years ago. Gosh, COVID kind of messes things up, doesn't it? And um, we weren't able to get back uh, more recently. Um, I want to start with a challenge for us before we get into the scripture. I was once asked this question. Do you want your life to be like a sports car or do you want your life to be like a bus, a double-decker bus? And um, I've had the privilege of driving both of those. Has anybody else driven both a sports car and a double-decker bus, no bus drivers, fantastic, got a few over here, fantastic. Now, I must say that driving the sports car was much more thrilling, okay? The, the, the feel of pulling away at the lights, getting, a, getting away, that kind of G you feel as you put your foot down on the accelerator. Um, but I must say, the sports car that this friend of mine uh, lent us for a week to drive, it was thrilling, but Caroline and I could we, this is before we had kids. We could just about squeeze into this thing. It was really just for the driver. Um, I was part of a project in London um, turning a double-decker bus into a mobile care unit for a charity. It had a kitchen and toilets and showers to help the homeless in London. And I got to drive that around the NCP car park in Bishopsgate, and it was quite a lot of fun. Um, not quite as thrilling as the the sports car, but I must say that bus experience was certainly more meaningful. Now, you think about your life. Do you want it to be a sports car or do you want it to be a double-decker bus? Buses help other people get to where they need to go, whereas sports cars are really all about the experience of the driver. Where is your life focused? So our passage today will challenge those of us who follow Jesus, to be bus people. So, Paul's letter to the Colossian church, and in his, let me just sort of frame this in the first section of Paul's letter to that church. He writes at length about how amazing Jesus is. It's a grand picture. You can read it for yourselves, please do, about Jesus' excellent qualities. He's the exalted risen Lord. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, because it is just so profound, is found in chapter 1, verse 16. And many of you probably know this one already. When Paul writes about Jesus, says, all things have been created through him and for him. What an incredible statement. All things have been created through him and for him, underline the for, for him, including my life. And so, really, Paul is saying, if Jesus is that great, what are the implications? What 
are the implications for my life? What are the implications for the early church, the Colossian church, the wider body of Christ, and for us today in 21st century Sidcup? And as the old hymn goes, he deserves my life, my all, as we respond to this. So, and then the second half of Colossians, where we find ourselves this morning, it it starts off in uh, 3 verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, set your minds on things above. May our hearts and our minds be set on the things of God this morning. So Paul explores how Jesus' life affects our relationships in the second half of the book. And so we're going to pick this up now as, as we think about the way that Paul was, what he was writing to us. Uh, and I love Paul because he sets an example for us as believers. He says, and we will get to our passage just now, but he says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, follow me as I follow Christ. I love this. It's like a simple definition of discipleship. When you're encouraging other people, follow me as I follow Christ. When you see me following Christ, why don't you follow that example? Let Paul inspire us to follow Christ by the way he has followed Christ and the way he shared Jesus with others. Conrad and and I were chatting last year and we learned to follow Jesus pretty much from the same guy, actually, um, all those years ago, 35 plus years ago. Uh, And this mutual friend of ours, Steve, is definitely a bus person. And we learn best from watching people around us who are following Jesus, living out the principles of Jesus. And I've watched other Christians, the way they do marriage together, I've learned from Christians and seen that the way they prioritize their spouse and they say, oh, let's, let's have a date night regularly, maybe every week, or, or go away for maybe even a marriage retreat once a year. And I've learned from people in the faith who are following Jesus, how to do marriage. And so I've also watched as, well, somebody even said to me, why don't you come out with me to share faith together? Why don't you watch me? Why don't you see how I do it? And then you can learn how to do it that way by watching it and getting involved. And so all those years ago, 30 years ago, somebody did that with me, invited me to come out with them. And I quickly learned that you cannot learn to swim on dry ground. That's a profound thought, isn't it? You cannot learn to swim on dry ground. And I quickly learned as well that I needed to get into the waters of intentional conversation to witness to others. I couldn't just learn theory, I had to practice it. And talking to people I didn't really know to start with, got me, well, it felt safer, actually, as I went to speak to people who I didn't know yet, um, and then got feedback on how I shared my faith with those people from the person I went with. So let's get into our passage this morning, because we're going to be thinking about what Paul says about prayer, about activity, actions, and conversations we're going to have. So let's just read Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6 again. Thank you, Barbara, for reading it for us. Verse 2 of Colossians 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, 
that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in, tr- in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So my first point today is bus people pray. Bus people pray. And Paul is encouraging the church, saying, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now, we're to pray, we're encouraged in Scripture to pray for all kinds of things, because we, by doing that, show dependence on God. But this passage is a little bit more focused on witness, as we'll see further on. And so, I think witnessing and sharing our faith starts with prayer. And it starts with praying for people. We have a phrase in Agape, which is, we talk to God about people before we talk to people about God. And so we want to be devoted to prayer as well. And so we've got an initiative in, in Agape um, for two minutes past ten. We set our alarms. And we set our alarm to pray for people who are in our life, in our sphere of influence, who... Uh, do not know Jesus, and we would really love them to come to know Jesus. And so on our alarms, as they go, I need a reminder. I mean, I don't know about you, but to pray, I need that reminder every day. And so we pray for the people in our sphere of influence. You know, that relational network of people God has placed around you, that you are at the center of. And that's family, that's friends, that's work colleagues, that's clients, that's neighbours, that's people in your social group, the people around you who don't know Jesus like you do. And Paul encourages us, be watchful and thankful. We should be spiritually alert as we pray, allowing God to guide us how we might pray for those people. God, give me something to pray specifically for this person. And we can also um, pray to God, how might I even respond to this person? What might I say to them? God might speak to you about that. And then thankful. Thankful, we should pray thankfully, an attitude of gratitude. Thankful that God has placed them in your life. Even those difficult work colleagues or family members. Thank God for those people because God has a reason why they're in your life. Those neighbours around you. So we're going to pause now in, in the sermon to pray for some people. Okay, But I want you to think of a couple of people who do not know Jesus or are not in a relationship with Jesus. Who you know. Who God has placed in your life. They might be a work colleague. They might be a family member or whatever. I'm just going to lead us in a very short prayer and I want you to have those people in mind Give those people to God as we do it. So let's pause to pray. I know we're a little bit after two minutes past ten. I hope that's okay. (laughs) I'll tell you why about two two minutes past ten in a moment. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the people you've put in our life. And those who don't know you are in our life for a reason. We want to shine the light of God from our lives into their lives. 
May we be that light to them. But we pray that you would open their hearts. And we pause now to think of the names of those people. Thank you that you love these people more than we do. And you want to work in their lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you could carry on in any small groups you're part of or people you pray with. Maybe you could pray for those people you've just thought of. Why two minutes past ten? Well, it's Luke chapter 10, verse 2, which, uh, talk, which you will see is all about reaching out uh, and the way that God, um, Jesus equipped his disciples to reach out to those who didn't know Jesus around them. So let's continue. Paul asks the Colossian believers to pray for him. So that's the second point about this prayer idea, is that actually Paul is asking for prayer. And he says in verse 3, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. He's in prison at this point. And so let's have dependence on God as we read this, dependence on God to even create an opportunity for us to share our faith. Of course, we can do our bit. We can wear um, a a gospel T-shirt or something like that. You'll see one in a moment, or you've seen one already if you didn't know. But I wear a gospel wristband to provoke conversations with people. If people ask, oh, what's that you're wearing, or what does that mean? Or I can take the initiative, we're wearing a gospel wristband. But we need to make and take opportunities. But it is God who opens the door, and we need to be praying for that. And we need to pray for each other, that we will be able to have a gospel influence on others. So prayer is not just praying for others, but pray for ourselves, and that God would open the door. Unless the Lord draws someone to himself, they can't come to God. That's what John 6 verse 44 says. So bus people pray, and then bus people talk about Jesus. In verse 3, second half of verse 3, it talks about proclaiming Jesus, the mystery of Christ. And the gospel is Jesus. Gospel is Jesus. He is the good news. The gospel has Jesus at the center. And this mystery idea that is being revealed in these times by the Holy Spirit, God is using, um, God, is, God is influencing us and revealing the gospel by the Holy Spirit in people's lives. And like I say, Paul was in prison at this point. He's in chains. There is a cost to the gospel sharing for Paul. Paul is, is in prison. And there is a hardship of sharing Jesus sometimes. God calls us to sacrifice for the gospel. And for me, I don't know what it is for you, but for me, the sacrifice might be my reputation. What people think of me. I think that's one of the hardest things to lay down is saying, I'm going to share the gospel and I'm going to lay down my reputation and trust God with that. Verse 4, Paul says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. What? 
Paul, the evangelist, who has done about 20 years of ministry by this point, is wanting people to pray for him so that he would be clear in what he's saying. Hasn't he learned how to do that already? Actually, he's just saying, I just still want to rely on God. And if that is the same for Paul, then it is, must be the same for us. We need to trust God for the clarity of sharing the gospel. The gospel is simple, but it is also deep. We need to proclaim it, but we need to be like a good teacher. Are there any teachers here this morning? Any, any teachers? Don't be shy. It's a great profession. Thank you for being a teacher. It's a very difficult one as well. Teachers think about the pupils. How can I deliver this message? How can it be received well? How can this person, this young person, learn these concepts? And so we think about the gospel and we ask, how can this person understand the gospel that means so much to me, means something to them? So we try uh, to use simple gospel outlines, simple but not simplistic and we try to use a structure to share the gospel. Caroline, if you would just stand up for me. She, I don't know if you noticed this. She was wearing a shirt, a T-shirt earlier, called The Four. Uh, and it's four symbols that help you to share the gospel with people. It's just like on the wristband. Thank you, Caroline. Come and talk to us later about that. But in the Lent course, we'll be exploring more about how to share using The Four. And I find myself, as I'm sharing the gospel... I, I find myself using everyday illustrations to help spiritual principles be understood, understood with physical examples. And I think there's a few illustrations we can memorize in order to share with others around us. So I'm going to pause again to pray. And I'm going to pray for ourselves. I want us to pray for yourself, but the people around you as well. So let's just pause to pray one more time before we finalize uh, what else we need to look at this morning. Let's pray. Just like Paul invited people to pray for him, Lord, we want to be praying for each other and praying for ourselves. In order to be able to share the importance of Jesus and how wonderful he is, with those around us. We need your help, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your gospel message so that we will be able to communicate that to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, as we continue, and we'll speed up a little bit, bus people pray, Bus people talk about Jesus, and bus people are intentional. Verses 5 and 6 of our main passage here. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Careful how you live, that is. The way you come across to those who don't go to church. And we want to be reaching into their world. And we can't necessarily expect them to come into ours. For a lot of people, church life is so alien to them. They have maybe never done anything like this or they are not familiar with it. 
And so we need to make the most of every opportunity or use our time twice as, uh, as one, uh, one way of looking at it is. A desire to not let things slide. How can I make the best of the situations and circumstances that I find myself in? Like if I, if, if I like to play football, and I do like to play football, but I'm too old for that now, <laughs> where am I going to play football? Am I going to play with a group of Christians? Or am I going to think of an opportunity to outreach to others and play with the local community team? That's maybe making the most of an opportunity. I'm going to play football anyway. Where can I play my football? We have the right kind of intentionality, and, and this is what, um, what Paul is saying as well in verse 6. Let our conversations be full of grace. And what is grace? What does a conversation full of grace sound like? And what does it feel like? Well, surely it is generous and merciful and non-judgmental. And you know when you've been with a gracious person, don't you? It's life-giving. How can we be that person? The more we live in God's grace, the more we can be gracious, the way I see it. And it says our conversations should be seasoned with salt. Salt is, it gives flavor and interest to a meal. And so seasoning is, um, is more about uh, the, the quantity. So I'm going to invite my lovely wife up again, uh, and she's just, uh, just going to show you a little something here. So this morning I made some porridge. Does anybody like porridge here? Oh, and how many had porridge this morning? Okay, I don't know if you're the kind of people that like porridge with a little bit of salt in it. This one's a little bit cold. <clears throat> Caroline's put a little bit of salt in. Okay, so um, do you think that's enough salt? A little bit more salt? Let's put a little bit more salt in. Some. Just, just like some salt? A bit, bit more? Do you, think, do you think that's enough now? Okay, who would like to try this porridge now? No, no takers. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> Our conversation should be seasoned with salt. And the way that I think about that is that we kind of sprinkle in a little bit. Sometimes our witnessing is more like just pouring the salt all over. And it's a little bit too much. In fact, it's a lot too much. It might be an overbearing situation. And so sometimes the way we talk about our faith should be just sprinkle a little bit in and just leave it there and move on, especially if you're around the water cooler at work. And so all this is about a way of life witness. How can we be intentionally living and witnessing to those around us? How can we be bus people? And very briefly, I just want to bring us to 1 Peter 3, our second set of verses, because I, I think this is just to set things up for the Lent course. We're going to dig into this a lot more in the Lent course. But this is what Peter says to the church, the Christians under pressure for their faith, in fact. He says, but in your hearts, 
revere Christ or set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And so we are to be prepared. I don't know about you. I don't know how many of you drive a car. You passed your driving test. I did quite a little bit of preparation before I went to my driving test. Uh, And so how about we prepare for sharing our faith as well, um, for something that has even more eternal worthwhileness to it, if that's a word. So how are we to be? We're to be gentle and respectful with those who ask us about our faith. The method you use to communicate is the message too, if you think about it. Gracious people with a gracious point to make. We're gentle, we're patient, we're respectful. And maybe Peter is saying this because we as people have a tendency to not be like this, to be maybe overzealous with the way we share our faith. We're to be respectful. With due regard for feelings, wishes and rights of others, I think was one definition. You could use phrases like, I can see why you think that. Uh, I've not thought of it that way before. I can say those things. But respect does not mean agreement necessarily. You can disagree without being disagreeable. So it's a good idea not to argue with people or, be, uh, or take offense, I guess. And we read the signs of the people we're talking to. Are they emotional with what we're saying? Are they, is, it, is it a little bit awkward or is it disinterest they're showing? If they're checking their watch, it's, um, hmm, yeah, let's respect their time. Do you look like you need to go now? Something like that. So let me pull this into land now. And I just want to encourage you with a, a word from the Talking Jesus report, which we'll have on the table at the back. How many people have seen this report, Talking Jesus? I would encourage you to read this. My wife has read it. Very good. (laughs) Um, Talking Jesus is is a bit of research done about how we share our faith. And there is this amazing statistic in here, 36%. That's more than one in three people who are non-Christians who have had a conversation about their faith with a Christian are open to experiencing and encountering Jesus for themselves. Let me say that again, because that is a pretty powerful thought. One in three non-Christians who have a conversation with a Christian are open to experiencing and encountering Jesus for themselves. And so as we think about sharing our faith, let's take that. that. Actually, there are people who we can talk to who would be interested in taking this further. How can we become bus people as we finish? 10.02, why don't you pray? That's an action point for you this week if you would like to take up the challenge. Maybe even set your alarm on your phone. Maybe take a step this week with one of those people you're praying for and invite them for coffee just for a chat or to take a, a little bit further with them than you've gone already in your faith but maybe just a small step, a little sprinkling of salt 
And then finally, come and join us on the Lent course. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for the example of Paul, who lived out his life of witnessing. And we can learn from him, we can learn from each other. May this be a community of faith here in Sidcup, who are on a journey to learn how to be living a, a way of life witness with the gospel, with Jesus at the center, because we love you, Jesus, and that motivates us to share you with others around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.